Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Glad to be with you. We had a long night, but a good night at the baseball park last night. Sectional baseball underway. Sectional softball has been underway since earlier in the week. We had a couple good games last night, at least from a local perspective. Uh, Some local teams doing really well and moving on to semifinal games. We'll cover that in just a moment. But we'll be out at New Albany again on Saturday. New Albany and Floyd Central both won, so they're going to square off with each other at 11 a.m. on Saturday. And then Jeff and Seymour, both of those teams, drew the bye. They will play each other after the New Albany-Floyd battle. So excited about a big day of baseball, Memorial Day weekend. It just feels right to be at a diamond, and you hope that the sun is bright and the temperatures are warm, and I think that's supposed to be the case. It should be an absolutely beautiful Memorial Day weekend. And so looking forward to not just Saturday at the ballpark, but we'll be back on Monday as well for the 4A championship game. But I'll get more into some of the sectional baseball action from last night here in just a few moments. But uh, we're excited. Uh, P.K. Falkenstein with me. A lot of great, uh, just great to see the coaches and other people at the ballpark, especially this time of year. And if you can't make it out to New Albany or a sectional of your choice, there's some great baseball teams across the area. We hope that you can make it out to see uh, the new Albany Floyd Central game. And Jeff Seymour, if you can't, you can join us uh, for the pitch-by-pitch coverage of all the games involving uh, our local teams there in that 4A sectional. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, headlines from yesterday and this morning. I think some really good news from Indiana. We've not been on a lot this week. We had some technical problems on Tuesday. Uh, Had a a, a Bats Day game yesterday on Wednesday and back with you today and tomorrow. But we missed a big announcement from Indiana basketball that Calbert Chaney is joining the staff of Mike Woodson. He's not going to be an assistant coach. He's going to be more of a support person. But it just feels right uh, to know that Calbert is going to be back in Bloomington on a daily basis. And who better to advise and help and maybe even attract some of these top-level players to advise them on how to have a great college career and how to transition into uh, the college years and the college opportunity than Calbert Chaney. So that will be interesting to see him back in Bloomington. I think one of Mike Woodson's biggest moves so far is getting Calbert Chaney back in the fold in Bloomington. So we'll talk about that. Also, 
some other headlines to get to, and then we'll catch up on baseball from last night and a few other local notes as well. Later in the show, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. He is always with me on uh, Thursdays. I had to forget which, uh, almost forgot what day of the week it was. It's been such a crazy week. Uh, He will be with us uh, a little bit later in the show today. We'll get into tons of IU stuff and kind of get you ready for um, what's next with IU basketball. One open spot. On the roster, some real excitement here in the offseason around this team right now, given the pickup of McKenzie Mbaco and, of course, Kellel Ware. Those have been the two big new faces coming in in the offseason, probably as big as any of those names is the fact that Xavier Johnson is going to be able to return for another season after he was granted that extra year of eligibility uh, from the NCAA. So a lot of good news has transpired in the last month or so, and we'll see what is next for Indiana with Alex Bozich when he joins us a little bit later in the program today. That's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out our dinner package deals, which are all being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside serve is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Again, Calbert Cheney returning to Indiana basketball as the director of player development. Uh, of course, uh, a great opportunity for Mike Woodson to bring in someone, one of the all-time greats at Indiana. Uh, Indiana announced this move a little earlier in the week. Coach Woodson said, I could not think of anyone better suited to be part of this program than Calbert Cheney. Every team or program he has been part of after his playing career, he has had an immense impact on as a college player and a pro. His experiences are as good as it gets. Our players can ask him, how do you become successful when you get to college? What can I do to help my team win championships? What do I need to do to be an All-American or National Player of the Year? How did you become a first-round draft pick who played 13 years in the NBA? Woodson went on to say, I think he can share his experiences of how teams expect their players to work hard every day and get the most out of their ability. He's done it. He's lived it, and I don't think you will find anyone who has a bad thing to say about him. He is a high-character individual who loves the program. Calbert has most recently been on the staff of the Pacers in Indianapolis. He's been an assistant coach with an emphasis on player development, so it sounds like he'll have a similar role in Bloomington, obviously, at the college level. Uh, Calbert has had just a, a big career in basketball since his playing days, and I'd forgotten he played 13 years in the NBA, but uh, let's see, before the Pacers, he was the assistant coach of the Erie Bayhawks and the College Park Skyhawks, two NBA G League teams. I think prior to that, he was an assistant coach at St. Louis University, uh, was on a big year there, the staff a big year when the Billikens were 27-7, and won the A-10 regular season title, made an NCAA tournament experience appearance and so uh, need to see Calbert back I, I you know I know a lot of it's based around players and who you can get from recruiting and nowadays who you can get from the transfer portal but your coaching staff and your support staff is very important and I, I tell you Kenya Hunter and Yasir Roseman those guys specifically they seem to be all-stars as far as assistant coaches and Kenya Hunter is just a matter of time until he moves on to become a head college basketball coach of his own. But Yasir Roseman, great with recruiting. Both of those guys really well connected. They seem to have great relationships with the current players. So 
Indiana staff, I think it's 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 an outstanding staff, and you add Jordan Halls and some other players in support roles, and now you put Calbert Cheney on there as well. It seems like Woodson is building a staff that's not only all-stars, but a staff that has some connection to the state and to the program. And I think that's what people, IU fans, have wanted for years, an IU guy at the helm who can bring in others to help lead the charge that have been there and have experienced IU basketball maybe in its best years. But now think about it. Coach Woodson, Randy Whitman is involved at Indiana as I think it's a consultant is his official title. Jordan Halls is on the support staff. Now Calbert Cheney back as well. That's a lot uh, spanning a lot of years of former IU basketball players that are back involved in Bloomington and have some official role with the basketball program. So I think getting Calbert Cheney around is a big deal. It's going to be interesting to see what the future holds for him at Indiana. Could he maybe go from the player development role to an assistant coaching spot when one comes open? I think a lot of fans would love to see that. Uh, but neat to see Calbert Cheney. I tell you, he, if, just one of the all-time greats in my lifetime of IU basketball. And I think overall, one of the all-time greats for the Hoosiers. Uh, good to see him back. I think that is a welcomed addition for everybody uh, when that announcement came out a little bit earlier this week. High school baseball last night, New Albany and Floyd Central. Both victory, victors in first-round sectional action. Floyd Central's game wasn't as exciting. Floyd Central won 8 nothing over Bedford North Lawrence. The Highlanders had a very quick start, and it was Bishop Letson, who is primarily known as a big-time pitcher. He, he's a really good hitter as well. He had a three-run homer in the first inning of play to lift Floyd Central to a 3 nothing lead last night. The Highlanders would go on to post four runs in the top of the third and one more in the top of the sixth. They won 8 nothing over Bedford. Uh, eight, ten hits uh, from those eight runs, uh, ten hits, no errors. Bedford, not only no runs, they only had one hit in the ballgame. Letson also the starting pitcher, so he should be available to return later in the week, actually early next week if Floyd Central can advance to a championship game. He was really good on the mound, especially at times. He really got in a groove. He works quick. He's a Purdue commit. Good to see him have a good sectional start last night. And, of course, uh, it was just a lot of action from Highlanders, from the Highlanders from a hitting perspective. Floyd Central with a good all-around game last night. Floyd Central now 19-8 and on the season. I'd say the only better record right now than the Highlanders locally would be Providence. They had an outstanding campaign as well. I've said Floyd Central, I think, on paper, the favorite to win this 4A sectional at New Albany. But... Anything can happen. Uh, the Highlanders, uh, they were defeated in the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship game by Seymour, who will take on Jeffersonville on Saturday. They're, by no means is Jeff the shoe-in to win it, but I think you do have to recognize them maybe as the favorite uh, heading into the semifinals on Saturday. Uh, but a good all-around effort by the Highlanders. Casey LaDuc, boy, he's been doing it for many years, one of the veteran coaches in the area now with some recent retirements. He's been the boss of the Highlanders for so many years now. New Albany and Jennings County, the second game, it was a lot more exciting. Started off similar. New Albany built a 3-0 lead through the first two innings of play. Jennings County answered back in the bottom of the third. They scored two. New Albany came right back with three more runs in the top of the fourth. Jennings County back with two more in the bottom of the fifth, and that's where things would stay, although it was interesting over the final few innings. New Albany hangs on for a 6-4 to win over Jennings County. Six 
uh, runs, five hits, one error for New Albany. Four runs on four hits and two errors for Jennings County. Chase Lush got the win for New Albany. Zach Fleming came in at the very end of the game and looked good, helped New Albany hang on to the victory. How about this freshman, Braden Brewer? He had a home run last night to help New Albany get on the board early, a two-run shot in the top of the second inning. His first home run of his high school career, and it came in a big sectional game. Pretty impressive Brewer with the home run last night. New Albany has been just mediocre this year, 15-14 and 14 under first-year head coach Tim Redford. But the Bulldogs playing some pretty good baseball right now, and it will be interesting to see how they rematch with rival Floyd Central coming up on Saturday. So Floyd Central, 19-8. and 8. New Albany, 15-4. and 4, 14, excuse me, the record. Uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Our coverage from out at uh, Mount Tabor Field will begin at 10.50. And Jeffersonville and Seymour in the second game. Jeff actually beat Seymour in the regular season contest. In fact, Jeff Cruz passed Seymour, but uh, Seymour 23-4. and four. Uh, They've been playing great baseball, especially the middle and latter part of the season. They won the Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament. I think it was a 12- or 13-inning game, a crazy game, a back-and-forth game over Floyd Central. And so Seymour might be right there with Floyd, or maybe I would put him behind Floyd personally as far as a favorite to win this thing. But we've got a big rivalry game coming up. On Saturday between Floyd and New Albany, we'll have that contest. And then, of course, can Jeff get to the final? It would be great to see either Floyd or New Albany against Jeffersonville for an all-local championship game on Memorial Day Monday. That game also at 11 a.m. will be on from New Albany at 10.50 on Memorial Day. So a great weekend of baseball coming up. Get out to the park. Lots of other sectionals last night as well. I know the Class A sectional uh, over at Lanesville. Borden Cruz past Rock Creek 24-0. The final score, South Central winner 6-4 over Lanesville as well. Uh, let's see other scores. The Madison sectional, Charlestown was a winner last night in that sectional 4-0 over North Harrison. Providence sectional, the Pioneers are the big favorite. They won 11-1 over Eastern Pekin on Wednesday. That sets up Paoli Clarksville on Saturday and Crawford County Providence on Saturday. So we could see a Providence-Clarksville championship game. But I'm telling you what, Providence 23-3 now. The other records in that sectional, Paoli 8-12, Clarksville 2-24, Crawford County 4-15. So, I mean, when I say Providence is a big favorite, I mean, by golly, they are a huge favorite to win the 2A sectional. In fact, I think they can make a nice run into the tournament. At some point, they could take on a really good Forest Park team. There's some other competition that they could meet in the regional or semi-state before they could maybe get to a state final that could be very challenging. But Providence, with a real opportunity ahead of them to be a local team that makes some noise and gets to Indianapolis and plays at Victory Field, it's possible, very possible with this Providence team. They are very good. Uh, let's see. Also, Class A at Shaw Memorial. Henryville, a winner 16-6 to over Crothersville. Rising Sun beat Shaw Memorial last night, so Henryville will take on Rising Sun and New Washington. And Trinity Lutheran will hook up on Saturday as well. Uh, kind of a recap, a look at some of the baseball sectional action from last night. Most, I think all of our local sectionals, Wednesday, Saturday and Monday. So uh, that's the format moving forward. And some interesting sectional semifinals, especially at New Albany, I think, 
uh, where we'll be at on Saturday afternoon. One other note, Jeffersonville native, you may know him as Cotton Nash, Charles Cotton Nash, a three-time All-American forward for the University of Kentucky. He went on to play in the NBA, the ABA, and Major League Baseball. He passed away. He was 80 years old. His son confirmed the death yesterday. I believe Cotton Nash played high school sports and basketball at Jeff for two seasons before he moved down south when his father got a uh, different uh, job. But uh, he's uh, one of the legendary players from Kentucky. And I think a lot of times we overlook and forget that he's a Southern Indiana native from Jeffersonville. So Cotton Nash, who, gosh, NBA, ABA, professional basketball, and Major League Baseball played both and went on to have before that just an outstanding career at uh, Kentucky. His uh, number 44 jersey, it hangs in the rafters at Storied Rupp Arena. He's a member of the U.K. Athletics and the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fames as well. Uh, definitely our thoughts and prayers to his family. But did want to highlight that you know he's a Jeffersonville guy and just kind of adds to the legacy of high school sports here in southern Indiana. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, the number 502-414-1450. You got something on Calvert, back to Indiana, something about IU basketball in general. Maybe you were at a sectional game last night. You want to share a highlight or your thoughts on who could maybe win this thing, these things locally, who could maybe make a run from our local area. Do you agree with my prediction that Providence is probably our best bet to maybe make a run deep into the tournament? Send me a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a quick commercial break. When we're back, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. We'll get into lots of IU basketball stuff coming up. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Back on the Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich inside the hall going to join us here in just a moment. I do want to note the Big Ten baseball tournament. Indiana, a winner earlier in the week over Illinois. It's a double elimination bracket. Indiana will take on Iowa, and it's a game that will be played today, this afternoon, 2 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. So be curious to see how far can Indiana make a run at this thing after finishing second in the regular season. Maryland, the regular season champion, they're on the bottom half of the bracket. And they play later tonight, Nebraska. All the action taking place at Charles Schwab Field out in Omaha. And I think that 2 p.m. time is a central time. So uh, we can adjust that locally. But Indiana in action against Iowa today. Our segment with Alex each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre 
pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and, of course, their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, uh, we talk so much about the transfer portal and recruits and all that sort of stuff this time of year. So today I want to start with an IU legend. His name is Calbert Cheney. I think most listeners of this show probably know who Mr. Cheney is. And he's coming back to Bloomington to work for Mike Woodson as director of player personnel. Uh, pretty interesting situation to see him come back. Mike Woodson, I think another feather in his cap as he adds one of the all-time great IU players to his staff. Yeah, if you remember back to the coaching search, Matt, Calvert Chaney was a name we heard a little bit uh, mentioned for the job. Obviously, wasn't somebody that ended up getting the job, but somebody that I think that was at least on the radar a little bit. And he's obviously been through uh, just about everything in terms of uh, being a, a basketball player, going from his storied career at Indiana to being a, a lottery pick in the NBA, having a, a solid NBA career. Coaching in the NBA as an assistant, coaching in college basketball. Obviously, he was at Indiana uh, in an administrative type role with Tom Crean, and then he was an assistant coach at at St. Louis, and then obviously in the NBA and the G League. So he's kind of been everywhere uh, you would want to be as a as a basketball player, uh, whether you want to be a, a pro or somebody that wanted to go into coaching. So I think he's going to bring a wealth of experience. That, you know. The one thing about Calvert Cheney that people always will tell you if you, if you talk, you, you never hear anybody say a bad thing about Calvert Cheney. He's always smiling. He's always somebody that I think other people enjoy being around. And I, I think he's just a, just a really solid addition for the program to have him around. He's obviously uh, been with the Pacers the last couple of years uh, in a, in a assistant coaching role there. And he's going to transition now uh, to Bloomington. And I think it's great to have him back involved with the program. Alex Bozich inside the hall. You know, with Calbert back, and I, I kind of wondered, you know, would he get a spot? We did hear his name a little bit during the coaching search. Would he maybe get a spot on Mike Woodson's staff when he first came in? Calbert has bounced around. He's had a lot of different jobs all in basketball, a lot of them mm-hmm. in pro basketball. So interesting to see him at this point a few years in. Uh, willing to step away from the pro level, from the Pacers, and go back down to the college ranks and work at his former university. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this role is not necessarily a recruiting role, so I, I think um, that it, a lot of what he's going to be able to do as an is just focus on the current players and helping them develop and, and get to where they want to go as, as players. And obviously there's 13 scholarship guys in the roster, so not all of them are going to the NBA, um, clearly, but I think he can help guys figure out the best path forward for them, whether it be uh, going on to uh, a coaching career beyond basketball and obviously guys that are coming into the program that aspire to be program, uh, pros, McKenzie and Baco, Khalil Ware, uh, others in the future that Indiana is going to recruit uh, to have a guy who is the lottery pick, the all-time leading scorer in the Big Ten, right there in-house to kind of say, you know, these are the things when I was on Rick Carlisle's staff with the with the Pacers, this is kind of what we worked with uh, with this guy on. This is kind of what you need to be ready for when you get to the NBA and have that familiarity with how things work. I, I think that's just a great resource to have. I mean, Indiana already had a lot of experience with Mike Woodson, uh, his NBA experience. I know Armand Hill that's on the bench with Mike Woodson also had a long career coaching in the NBA. So 
I think it, just having another voice in the locker room and somebody else in the program that can help these guys and, and guide them on whatever path, whatever path that they, they choose, whether it be uh, basketball or coaching or beyond uh, the, their careers at Indiana, I think it's a great thing to have. All right, Alex Bozich with us talking the latest in IU basketball. Alex, uh, let's get into the roster for next season. Things just about set. I asked other guests earlier in the week this question. I'll ask you the same thing. Who, who could be the candidates for this final scholarship, this final roster position for the upcoming year? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's been a dead period, obviously, so nothing can happen in terms of visits, but that's going to end here soon in the next couple of days. So we'll see in terms of um, if there's going to be players who uh, that are grad transfers still going to portal. I know Cam Spencer from Rutgers was one recently that's been mentioned a little bit with Indiana, and then there's obviously guys who have to withdraw from the NBA draft by May 31st. Uh, there could be a name or two uh, pop loose there, but I don't necessarily think Indiana's in any rush to just fill the spot just to fill it. I think they're going to find uh, a player uh, that fits with what they want to do that can really have a chance to help them. I, don't, uh, I think they feel pretty good with the 12 that they have right now, but if something comes along where they can find somebody that's uh, you know, starter quality player or a guy that fills a specific role. I think they're really looking probably in the two, three position wise and for a shooter, somebody that can space the four uh, and somebody that brings experience. Uh, I think they would most likely be looking for a one year player at this point. Uh, so that, that is kind of where I stand on it. I don't, I don't think there's been any names that really have risen to the top of any list. I think most of the guys that, they had pursued in the past have, have already picked other places, and uh, I don't think anything's imminent in terms of uh, a name popping up, but I would never say never. Uh, I would kind of point to that May 31st date. We'll see what happens with guys potentially withdrawing from the draft and maybe watch uh, for some grad transfer names to maybe still uh, pop into the portal. But if not, I think Indiana's uh, also pretty comfortable going into next season with 12 scholarship players. I don't have the name in front of me, but wasn't recently in the last couple of days a grad transfer from Rutgers entered the portal that Indiana was yeah. at least mentioned with? As, and you may have touched yeah. on that. but Cam, Cam Spencer, he uh, he was Rutgers' leading scorer last year. He actually transferred into Rutgers. I think he averaged about 13 points. Um, you know, I think the thing there with him, uh, it seems like, uh, this is an, obviously an NIL deal, which most of them are at this point. Uh, I don't know uh, what specifically uh, he would be looking for in terms of NIL, but uh, in terms of pecking order at Indiana uh, on the roster, uh, he's you know if he were to come to IU, he wouldn't be one of the top three or four guys on the team. So I don't know if uh, the NIL uh, would work out uh, from that perspective. And it would also obviously be transferring within the Within the conference, he does have some ties. I think he's from kind of the uh, the East Coast uh, area, I believe, um, where he, is where he originated from. But we'll see um, how what develops there. That was, you know, I talked to somebody that covers Rutgers pretty closely. That was a, kind of a bit of a surprise for Rutgers because he was somebody they were really counting on for next season. And I noticed that when uh, Lenardi updated his new bracketology for next season, which he's doing every week, by the way, uh, to keep us all entertained, uh, he actually <laughs> dropped Rutgers out of, out of the field uh, for next season after Cam Spencer left. So that's pretty big loss for them. Uh, he was a really good player, not a great athlete, but a guy that's really crafty, knows how to score, 
knows a lot about how to, to, to get himself in the right spots on the floor. I think he'd be somebody that would definitely make sense uh, for Indiana uh, in terms of what they need. I just don't know in terms of uh, if he's looking to go to the place where he can win or if he's just kind of looking for an NIL deal. Because one thing I have to keep reminding myself with a lot of these guys, and I don't blame them at all, if you're not going to be an NBA player and you have a chance to cash in on your final year of college basketball and make a lot of money, um, it makes sense to kind of go and do that because his market is probably going to be, after he is done with college, is going to be going overseas. And most of those guys, you know, you can make up to six figures, but depending on what league you're in, um, you can make a, a pretty good living. But uh, if there's a possibility where you can get two or 300000 going somewhere, playing for a year of college, and uh, you're in a situation where you're not going to get that, I think it makes sense. Uh, to go, uh, to, you know, it's, uh, you know, there, a lot of people, uh, w- I'm sure wish uh, players were maybe more loyal, but at the same time now with the new system, they also have to, to look out for themselves and their families and their long-term future as well. Talking with Alex Bozich inside the hall, the latest on IU basketball each Thursday with Alex when he joins our program. You know, Alex, a lot of excitement here in this offseason about some of the players that have been added to the roster. How would you grade maybe Indiana's pickups here in the offseason? Obviously, Mbako at the top of the list, Kellel Ware is a big get. Uh, you know, in state, uh, the player, the transfer from Ball State, Sparks, he obviously is not as noteworthy or as big time maybe as the pickups in Ware and Mbako, but still, it could be a fundamental piece of IU for next season. How do you score things this offseason based on who Indiana has gotten and what they needed to get here during this transfer portal recruitment period? Yeah, I mean, they also got Anthony Walker from Miami. He's another guy I think Sorry, can help them. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're asking for a, uh, you know, a type of grade, I would say like a B to a B plus overall. I think they've done – a really nice job with obviously with Mbako and Ware, who, uh, in terms of available seniors this spring, Mbako was the top guy. And depending on what transfer portal rankings you look at, Khalil Ware was, I think, his highest two by one of the services. So those are high impact guys. Uh, Peyton Sparks is a guy who was really productive at the MAC level, uh, playing for Ball State. I think he's going to be a, a solid depth piece. I think we talked about this before, Matt, but just from talking to him, he, he really just wants to be at Indiana. I don't think he was somebody that was looking for a guarantee in terms of minutes or role. You know, he was just excited about the opportunity to be able to play at IU. I think that's a great kind of uh, thing to have uh, in any player that you're looking for. And then Anthony Walker, obviously, he just came from a program that went to the Final Four and totally dismantled Indiana in the tournament, and he played on that team and uh, played in the tournament, scored, you know, I think five to seven points uh, a game in the tournament. So he's another guy I think brings some athleticism and maybe something they didn't have in terms of that, that four position last year. I think he'll be a guy that comes off the bench and gives them uh, some production. So overall, I think um, they did a really solid job. You know, the only thing I would, I would maybe uh, give them uh, a negative for would be just uh, maybe not addressing the, the guard situation, maybe trying to go get another guard. They, they may still do that, yeah, but those guys were really uh, coveted in the portal, and there was a lot of competition. It was not that they didn't try. I mean, Nick Timberlake from Townsend, they, they tried really hard with him, and he went to Kansas, and obviously Dalton Connect, 
who never visited, uh, but they they tried a lot with him too, and uh, he ended up at Tennessee. And and you know sometimes you can do a really good job in recruiting and still not land a player. Uh, that's the that's the nature of the beast with with that. But overall, I think they've really d- done a solid job, and I think they've built a roster that on paper uh, should be expected to make the tournament next year. Which you know we've talked about Mike Woodson and just kind of what's next for him with this Indiana basketball program. I think, you know, making the tournament in his first two years is absolutely huge, just developing that consistency, that baseline. But if he can do it again next year and say maybe get to a Sweet 16 or finish top three in the Big Ten, top four, take another step forward, then I think that continued progress is something that you can continue to build off of. And also with high school players should resonate and help them maybe with that 24 class, which was, looks absolutely loaded at this point in Indiana. and a ton of good names right now. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, a schedule note as well, the Gavit games, which has always been a great series between Big Ten and Big East teams. That schedule was mm-hmm. uh, let out by John Rothstein earlier in the week, and lots of good games, reasons to get excited about some great matchups, but Indiana wasn't one in the Gavit matchups this year. Yeah, they've already played five times. I don't think there was any guarantee that they were going to play beyond that. Um, and then with, you look at what they've done with the, the non-conference schedule for next year. They have, obviously, the Auburn game, and um, they're going to play Kansas at home, and then they've got the Empire Classic where they're going to play two of the following three teams in UConn or t- Texas and Louisville. That's a pretty stout uh, non-conference schedule to start, so... Uh, uh, I, while it would be cool to see Indiana in the Gavit games, uh, it's obviously only going to be eight teams every year. There's 14 Big Ten teams, so six aren't going to play. It wasn't necessarily a surprise uh, on my end to not see them uh, involved in that. So still, I think, four non-conference games that we don't know the opponent for, and I would expect most of those now to, to fall in kind of those by game, guarantee game categories. But Gavit games, I think... I hope it's something that continues now with the ACC Big Ten Challenge being uh, kind of retired, I guess you could say, with the, the new media rights deal that the Big Ten is going to start this summer with uh, its new television partners. No uh, no deal with ESPN anymore, so not going to be uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. And let's hope, let's hope they can get something else on the schedule, uh, maybe an expanded Gavit Games, uh, something like that, or, um, you know, something where they could uh, maybe partner with another league that has uh, a deal with CBS or, or Fox or uh, one of those partners at the Big Ten's with. I tell you what, Xavier at Purdue, Michigan at St. John's, where Coach Patino's at, Iowa at Creighton, Marquette at Illinois, Maryland at Villanova, Butler at Michigan State, Georgetown, Rutgers, and Wisconsin Providence. That is an outstanding lineup to, to get you excited about college basketball. Alex, it's hard to believe it's Late May, about to be June. We've got so long until we get to that. Why has college basketball season got to be so far away? Yeah, I mean, I think that Michigan St. John's game is going to be at uh, MSG too. So that's that'll be a, a cool atmosphere for that. I mean, the, the one thing I would say with the Gavit games, um, you've got I think eleven teams. Is that, I think that's right. Eleven teams are in the Big East, so they could definitely uh, stand to go. Uh, and expand that out to where it's, if they want to continue it in the future, you could at least have a situation where every year the Big Ten and the Big East are playing at least, you know, I think that's eight, uh, correct me if I'm wrong uh, right now, Matt, but 
if they could play it uh, 11 games, you could get uh, more teams involved every year and and try to get uh, a couple more games out of that. I, I think that would be something that people would really like to see and to have something that you're, is on your schedule most every year if you're a Big Ten team I think would be favorable. You also got to remember that the season after this, uh, UCLA and USC are added to the to the Big Ten. So that would if, if there was only going to be 11 uh, Big East teams going forward, there would be a situation where five of those teams would have to sit out. So I would just like to see maybe something with the Pac-12 or – uh, another league that has, uh, I know there's other conferences that have uh, deals with the with uh, Fox that might make some sense, but it doesn't seem like we're going to get anything with ESPN. Obviously, uh, with with them kind of bowing out of the Big Ten rights, I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, desire uh, for Fox and ESPN uh, to to come together and, and put something together with the ACC and the Big Ten moving forward. Alex, uh, speaking of television rights. I was reading a piece earlier this week that the new Big Ten commissioner, I think a little caught off guard, some of the big-time rights, especially for football, which begins soon, not totally finalized with some of these networks. Uh, There still were some things to work out. I don't know all the particulars or have the story in front of me, but we know how Mm -hmm. important television money is to the schools. Uh, Obviously, the Big Ten Network has been a huge addition to the conference. It helps Indiana and all of the universities and their athletic departments. But some of these big national media rights and the deal that the the Big Ten uh, announced they had struck with uh, a a number of networks, including Fox and NBC. uh, But finding out there's still some work to be done on that, it was kind of a very interesting piece. Yeah, it was such a big deal, too, that I'm not necessarily surprised that Everything's not ironed out. You also have to remember that Kevin Warren has kind of had one foot out the door now for a while uh, with the deal with uh, going to the to the Bears. Now he's obviously there, kind of running that franchise. So I'm not particularly shocked to, to learn that things weren't uh, buttoned up completely. But I'm sure it's something that they'll get uh, resolved here relatively soon. It sounds like the new commissioner's got a pretty strong background and the TV uh, business and is going to be able to navigate that. So uh, I also think that um, I think that article was done by ESPN. Uh, so anything that they, I'm not claiming any conspiracies here, Matt, but I'm just saying that the big 10 is no longer with ESPN. So anything ESPN can do to make the big 10 look bad and look like it was kind of not handled properly uh, wouldn't surprise me that uh, they would try to cover that and make it a story. So uh, at this point, I wouldn't be uh, too concerned about it. But uh, it's it's definitely something that I, that I saw as well and, and thought was a little bit interesting. Yeah, no question. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, thanks for stopping by. Always good to catch up with you on Thursday and never a shortage of IU basketball things to talk about even in the off season. Absolutely, Matt. Have a good uh, rest of your day. Have a good holiday weekend as well. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. Alex Bozich with us here on this Thursday as we do head into Memorial Day weekend, a three-day weekend for a lot of people. Sectional baseball weekend for me will be at New Albany on Saturday and Monday. And an IU football note as well. IU football announced yesterday they've added Eastern Michigan to its 2028 football schedule. Uh, It's going to take place September 9th, 2028, if you're tracking Future IU football opponents, the Hoosiers, will take on Virginia also as part of their 2028 schedule as well. I think that matchup was previously announced. But it's amazing how far out, especially in football, 
uh, team's schedule. I know Indiana's already got one game. It's a Notre Dame game, a big one, on the books for the 2030 season, which is way, way, way far away, uh, August 31st at Notre Dame. Uh, but just amazing how far now in football uh, teams work out. Of course, you don't have many games outside of the conference in football like you do in basketball, so I guess you got to get on them early and often. But amazing to see how far out Indiana and other schools are scheduling in the sport of football these days. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with a final segment. We'll get you set up on some other IU notes and a couple local things as well. Stay with us. This is the Who Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back. Final segment, a quick one. Texter asked me, uh, where did the players that left Indiana go that entered the transfer portal, have they all announced their decisions? Yes, Jordan Geronimo, he'll be in the Big Ten Conference next year at Maryland. That's going to be interesting. Tamar Bates, he's going to be at Missouri, which is interesting. Missouri is a team that I think a lot of us here follow because Sean East is there. He'll be back for another year. Logan Duncombe is going back home to the Cincinnati area. He will play for Xavier. And then I guess you could also include Nathan Childress, who was a walk-on. He transferred to Indiana Wesleyan, which makes sense because after a good career at Zionsville High School here in Indiana, Childress would probably fit right in at Indiana Wesleyan. That's a great small college program and be able to contribute in, I believe, his final year of college eligibility. So that's where folks are headed next year. I know we've mentioned some of those independently here on the show, but uh, there's a recap for you. We talk so much about who's coming, uh, who's going. Interesting, especially Geronimo, because he's staying in the Big Ten Conference. That will be really interesting to follow him, Maryland, next year and uh, see how it works out as Geronimo goes closer to home. Uh, he's from Concord, New Hampshire, so getting up there to Maryland, uh, obviously much closer for him. And things just didn't work out at Indiana. He's a lot of potential, a great athlete, but just didn't work out at Indiana. will be interesting to see how things finish up at Maryland for him. Uh, also, I forgot, NBA tonight, I've enjoyed the playoffs. Uh, I like the Nuggets and the Joker. Uh, he's a little unorthodox, but, boy, what a great player he is. And it was great to see him and the Nuggets uh, beat the Lakers in the fashion that they did, to be quite honest. So go Nuggets. There's my plug there. But I'd forgotten it seemed like the series was going to be over quick for Miami beating Celtics, and it just uh, didn't happen. The Celtics got a surprise win to avoid being swept that game tonight, game 5, 8.30 tonight. So there is some basketball on. It's been kind of a drought of basketball as these NBA playoffs have whittled down to the conference finals. And, of course, now the NBA finals coming up potentially after this game tonight between Boston and Miami. But uh, those don't start till the first few days of June, I believe. So those dates all set. We do have summer league basketball coming up in the month of June. The TBT is going to be interesting this year. Uh, will there be an 
Indiana entry in that event. I'm not sure. We'll see. But it would be nice to see that happen this year finally. I know Louisville's got a lot of uh, alumni coming back from their national championship team to play in the TBT. There's actually going to be a regional for the uh, TBT Million Dollar Tournament over in Louisville this year. So there is some summer hoops coming, but just not right now other than the NBA. Have a great Thursday. That's going to wrap up our Thursday program. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And we'll be back on Friday. I know we had... Technical problems Tuesday. We had a Bats Day game on Wednesday, so we've been in and out a little bit, but back uh, tomorrow, Friday, to wrap things up for the week. And uh, thank you so much for being with us. It's always uh, great to join you each day and talk IU basketball and, of course, local sports as well. Have a great Thursday. Uh, Get ready for Memorial Day weekend. That should be a lot of fun. And we will talk Friday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.